Hey folks, do you like podcasts? Do you have hobbies? Well, here's the show for you. The Hobby Shop Talk Podcast. Featuring childhood friends and old school noobs, Luke and Matt. Hello everyone, this is Matt. I'm joined by Luke and this is the Hobby Shop Talk Podcast and we're on episode 11. This is actually take two or three. Uh, somebody forgot to hit record. We don't have to say who. Uh, but uh, today I'm going to talk a little bit more Something's Killing the Children. I read a, a couple more non-Milktoast comics. Uh, and I also played some Magic. Luke, what uh, would you do? Read some more milk toast, so uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll catch the listeners up on the new X-Men uh, series. And then also the Bounty Hunter. I got a couple issues to... To review on that and then i've been playing a lot of magic the gathering standard on arena and then playing a couple commander games uh paper magic so all right well, let's start off oh, with magic. also i also finally got i uh, talked into playing fortnite so oh I man i, I de-aged is that a word de-aged about <laughs> 25 years i think we did that anyways since we're on a podcast talking about comic books uh and collectible card games and, and yeah so you're 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 fine True, true. But we, you know, so we always start out with magic, and typically I don't have anything to talk about. So I do this time because I actually took a little time to to play a game. Uh, so I'm actually going to start out just by mentioning. So you know, we have the store open. I'm actually sitting in the store uh, right now. The store is closed, but uh, we're going to be doing our first tournament uh, coming up in a uh, two weeks, roughly. And uh, Luke will be joining joining us and. So I started thinking about the type of tournament, and uh, so we'll talk about that as well. But so I pulled out one of my old decks. I only have a couple since I've pretty much destroyed all my decks, uh, just putting them in my display cases here at the store. But I still do have an old uh, Goblin deck uh, that's a 60-card deck, and so I decided to play with that. And uh, I played against uh, uh, Ken, who I think we've mentioned before. He helps out at the store a little bit. And uh, so this Goblin deck's a little different, though, compared to my Commander deck. Uh, this one's more focused on uh, getting out, first of all, uh, Memnite. And uh, this thing is just, and, and I need to know more of these. So anybody that knows or Luke, I'm looking for zero-cost artifacts. Because when I bring that out, I then yeah, I bring get Ornithopter out, for sure. Yeah, Ornithopter is one I need to look through. I have 30-some thousand cards here I just have to search through, so... Should be pretty easy to find a couple. But, uh, so yeah, I have a couple Memnites, which I need to get a couple more in this deck uh, as I build it. Uh, hopefully, if we do a modern tournament, but we'll talk a little bit more because you had a good idea, but we'll talk about that in a bit on um, what type of tournament we should maybe do. But uh, along with that Memnite, kind of the, the combo in this deck is the Koldotha Rebirth, which is an additional cost to ca uh, cast Koldotha Rebirth, sacrifice an artifact, put three 1-1 one, one red goblin creature tokens onto the battlefield. So the hope is is getting, you know, at least one of these zero-cost artifacts, bringing out on first turn, having three goblins, and then continuing that. Uh, and then I have, uh, uh, I can't remember if it's Goblin Bombardment, or if that's the one that... Uh, uh, I can sacrifice all my goblins. It's actually Raid Bombardment is another one. With building up all my goblins, that's kind of nice. Whenever a creature you control with power two or less attacks, Raid Bombardment deals one damage to defending players. So the whole point is to get a ton of goblins, attack with them all. They do their damage. Raid Bombardment does its damage. And then I sacrifice all my goblins after that survived to deal more damage. So 
I was using this deck, and uh, Ken was using a. Uh, I don't know the the whole point. We played a couple games, but uh, we learned he needs a little bit more speed to his deck, especially playing a goblin deck. But uh, he had the Urza's uh, mine. Urza's. Do you know there's three Urza's tower. colorless? Urza's tower, and uh, it was a green deck. Uh, he was looking to get those out, and uh, beyond that. You know, it was just a flashback because I hadn't seen those in, in a long time since we used to play, I think, in high school. <clears throat> so this deck worked good. I think I am going to grab a few cards out of my commander deck, like Krinko, things that can just multiply my goblins. Yeah, this could be ready for a modern tournament. But you'd mentioned maybe instead of modern, doing something else that makes it, I think, a little bit more fair, maybe even a little bit more fun. Was it a, a sealed uh, yeah, we could do either a draft or uh, I think they're sealed where everyone gets like six packs and then they open those six packs and then they make their 40 card deck. Obviously, you can add the lands you need, but then and then the draft is where we just open a pack and the first person chooses and then you pass it around the the players until they're gone. So and how then, you know, each person gets first crack at one of the packs Okay, and they get a, you know, a shot at, you know, the good card and the rare or the mythic. That's what I was wondering how that worked. And then in the end, because, you know, you're you're uh, you're taking those cards, you know, obviously. So how do you ensure yeah, that everybody gets a fair shake at the, the cards? I've never actually done a, a draft, so I think that would be fun. So I think it's something we should think about. Yeah, I've done the sealed for I think it was like way back in core 2020. So, yeah, it's been a while since I've done one of those, but I haven't done a draft. I don't think, you know, in years. So, yeah, it'd be fun so to do one of those. Yeah, I think that is something to definitely think about. But I am going to uh, boost up this uh, modern deck so I can uh, play that as well when uh, next time we meet. Uh, so yeah, I'll have to make a a humans modern deck. Yeah, got some some good uh, humans. That's that the, I think I can make a decent deck. The old battle. Although if you look up, if you look up like a a competitive modern deck, they're like two thousand dollars. So <laughs> it won't be that <laughs> that competitive. Not mine either. So what have you been playing then? You mentioned you've been playing a lot of Magic. Yeah, I mean, I just on been playing. I did a couple drafts of Midnight Hunt. The first one I did, actually, I recorded them both, so I'm going to slice those up or, you know, put them on Instagram or even throw them on YouTube at some point. But one, I got three wins only. So, you know, it, those are if you lose three times, you're out. And then, you know, based on how many wins you get, you'll get prizes back or whatever. But so then the second one I did, I did a a black, green and white deck. And I went four and all right away. And then I went then I lost three in a row. So but I was I was pretty pumped when I was four. No, I thought I was going to get because once you get to seven wins, I think you're just done. But that, and then you get the max prize or whatever. So I was doing really good with that one. And then I just bombed it and lost three in a row but uh <laughs> so like our football so teams up on instagram and then i've been playing a lot of standard on arena so you know the the new standard rotated so it's midnight hunt you know once that came in you mentioned so i know a bunch of people we talked about this last time but but a, yeah people didn't like standard because you know throne of eldraine had you know bone crusher giant questing beast brazen borrower a bunch of just over way overpowered cards so those cycled out those aren't standard anymore the new overpowered cars in standard, because there always seems to be some, are uh, Azika's Chariot, which is four mana. It's three colorless and one green. And it, when it enters the battlefield, you get two, two, two green cat creature tokens. And whenever it's a vehicle and it's you crew it with four, and then whenever it attacks, 
you can create a token that's a copy of target token you control. So people are using that with Renin 6, which can create a, I think it's like a tree creature. What do they call it? Tree creatures? In tree folk. Magic, I forget. Tree folk. Yeah. You get a tree folk equal to the number of lands you get of that token. Oh, yeah. So essentially, then they copy that, and it's like two seven sevens plus a bunch of little two twos coming at you. My so goblins wouldn't stand decks. up very well. Your goblins? Yeah, yeah. They had a little brief moment uh, in standard, I think, before the cycle it went out. But now they're not. I haven't seen them in a while. So the other, the other standard deck that's dominating, which is probably actually doing is doing better than mono green, is the is it dragons? So. It's red and blue, but that use uses Alrun's Epiphany, which is, and I don't get why they keep making these cards, but it's an extra turn card. So, you know, most yeah. Magic players get annoyed by that because a full extra turn with any deck is going to be super powerful. Yeah, you can. that's when you really can get those combos going. Yeah, one turn after the next when somebody doesn't have a chance to counter, you know, have their turn to counter it. So, yeah, yeah that's very powerful so then that deck has a uh, gold span dragon too so and that has it's flying haste dragon for five mana and whenever it attacks you get to create a treasure token which you know you sack it to get any col any color of mana you need i've been playing so i've been using a, a boros equipment deck so red white and then i use uh i think it's firebrand charger he's one of the main staples and then uh I have four Holliver God of Battles in there, which his flip card is an equipment, which gives a creature plus two, plus so, and has vigilance. And then whenever that creature dies, you return it to your hand. So with that Firebrand Charger, he'll be at least a three, whatever, three, one. And then when he dies, you return it to your hand, plus you can do that three damage to any target. So, and I was doing pretty good until I climbed the you know ladder in rank, and then I started playing those is it model <laughs> green. So I'm trying to, Figure out, I tried splashing in some blue, but then it kind of got even worse. So I think you just need a really fast aggro deck to beat that uh, is it deck. I got the one. Is it dragon deck? But then <laughs> then you play a green, mono green deck, and then you get stomped because it's, you know, more powerful, yep. And, you yep. know, just as fast. So yeah, yeah. you got to come up with that. Problems. Yep. <laughs> so you were mentioning, you remind me of, you know, those really powerful combinations. And I think I had mentioned to you the other day, you know, I've been putting a lot of my cards on eBay now, you know, so I'm, I'm finally working full time at the store and I got to get online. So I've been, you know, going through my cards, putting a lot of the, the higher ticket ones on eBay. I recently sold uh, Earthcraft, which, you know, I, I had no clue. I've had that since high school again. <laughs> I've had that for 20 years just sitting there. And uh, Earthcraft is uh, from the old Tempest set where you can tap an untapped creature you control and then untap target basic land. And you don't have to tap Earthcraft, so, you know, you can do it over and over. So I was curious because, you know, I sold that for $160 on eBay. And, you know, I was wondering what, you know, some of the combinations are. And a big one because uh, recently uh, squirrels have been so big. You know, I had uh, sold Chatterfang to Derek, who comes into the store. He was looking to, to build a squirrel deck and... Uh, he actually had uh, grabbed a couple tokens. He's like, how much for these? And I said, just take them. And, uh, or I said 10 cents, whatever, you know, I have for a common. I was assuming he's like, you know, these are going for two or three bucks. I'm like, for a squirrel token? But anyways, apparently people like their squirrels. And this combo uh, with squirrel nest is, uh, squirrel nest is an enchant land. To enchant one of your lands with this. And then enchanted land has tap. Create a 1-1 green squirrel creature token. 
So you create a 1-1 one, one green squirrel creature token. You then have that squirrel to tap, to untap the land that has that enchantment with Earthcraft and continue till you have a million squirrels. Or more than a million, I guess. That's why I'm curious. Like, where do, where does it end? Do you just quit at that point? Or, you know, if you ran into yeah, that I in mean, a game? Usually the people just quit because they realize, unless they have like a board wipe in there, because obviously those squirrels won't have haste. True, true. So, and then they would essentially all be tapped, so they would be open to attack next turn. But, you know, there is those permanents I can't think of off the top of my head, but like... But you would just not have to stop. I mean, you could just... I mean, how how do you... How do you know when to stop? You need a I little... Guess, I just say I'm going to make one trillion. Infinite, infinite symbol on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm just curious, you know, because that actually goes... You know, it's very powerful, but it's not very fun if you just... You know, because I would just be like, well, I guess the game's over. You know, that's fun. So, yeah, you know, well, do you, is there a house rule or something? Like, you you know... You can only create 200 or 500 or 1,000 or 8. I don't know. You know what I mean? Is there a house rule? Yeah, well, usually if there's an infinite loop, I know this is what. So one of the guys I watch on uh, Twitch is MTG Lexicon, and, I, you know, they do casual commander. They're pretty. So, yeah, check them out. But shout out to them. But they do a house rule where it's like five. If you have an infinite combo, you can use five of those, and then you're done. So then. Yeah, see, that know, makes sense. Otherwise, it's. You know, we played that Sliver deck, and he had the combo where he can just search his library and get yep. any Sliver he wants, and then they all have haste, so he's like, oh, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, so, I oh, was actually cool. looking for Goblin Tokens at Lewis Game Shop, and all of a sudden, like, you guys are packing up your cards. I'm like, what oh, What? Ha- what happened? <laughs> he, he just yeah. killed us. I didn't even know it happened as I was looking for tokens. But, yeah, so... Yeah, so if there isn't a house rule, you just give up and be like, well, let's start the next game. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I like what you're saying, too. You know, I can see then, you know, it's good when those... When you play standard, at least, some of those powerful things, well, they're either, you know, banned, but apparently you can unban, as we talked about last episode, but... Uh, or, uh, yeah, they, they get uh, pushed out of standard, so... Anyways, that was one card, uh, you know, a little bit of shop talk I sold recently was Earthcraft. And actually, Darcy is uh, upstairs now. We have a, an eBay little setup, and so we're putting all of our cards and things online. So at some point, I'll have to put that out there in case anybody wants to check out the the cards I'm selling on eBay. Yeah, do you have a, do you have a link you can send anyone? Otherwise, maybe we could link it to... Or do you do anything with your Instagram yet for Prairie Hobbies? No, not yet. For... I need to get all that going. But yeah, I, I need a. I actually figure out. I, I have never had like an eBay store. I don't know how to, you know, if I have to make an actual eBay store right now, I, you know, I have my account. But anyways, yeah, that's something maybe for a future episode. Yeah. And, and also I played a, a couple games of Commander. Well, actually, I, I actually went up to the uh, office for work. So normally I work from home when I'm, vid- you know, because I video edit mostly, you know, pretty much all day. But I had to go up to the office to get some whatever. I don't remember why I went up there. But a bunch of the developers, they all play Magic. So I brought my deck up and I ended up winning. And then I come to find out one of my main cards I had during the game was uh, Abandoned Commander. Oh. So that's Prophet of uh, Crewfix, which is for five mana. It's a forest and an island and then three colorless. But its ability is to untap all creatures and lands you control during each player's up t- or untap step. And then you may cast creature cards as though they had flash. So essentially you get their turn, you know, aside, you know, plus your turn. So <laughs> you're just talking turn, about you can that. untap and then you can throw you know, whatever creatures you have to tap, you know, for the mana. Yeah. Uh, 
So almost so like anyways, getting an extra turn. Yeah, I have to apologize to him because I didn't realize it was uh I didn't realize it was banned, but also it was casual, so I'm sure. Don't apologize because uh, I mean you kind of just a little bit apologized, and he should be listening to this show. So true. If he doesn't I listen, told him about it yet. I haven't really told many people I know about this podcast. I have uh, some. I have to do better at. I have a whole stack of cards over here. You got to grab and just hand them out like candy, or like in Vegas. I don't know if you haven't been to Vegas, have you? But uh, close your ears, little kids. But they have the call girls. They don't wear much clothes on them, if any. And they have these stacks of cards that they flip and they try and hand them out to you. That's what you need to do with our hobby shop talk. You're just going down the street. You listen to podcasts. Boom. Hand them out. Like in a bikini or what? That's what I should wear. (laughs) Scare people. No, you got to dress up as like a Wolverine or like a a game character or something. Yeah. Cosplay is always a little tricky because it could look super terrible. And then, yeah, I'm going to throw this is completely random but i want to make sure to mention it to you that we are talking and i gotta really get on this but we're gonna be doing like a ribbon cutting at the store probably and you know doing a grand opening and so we're thinking we're gonna do it towards the end of october which is halloween so maybe doing a dress up thing on you know friday or saturday night for the grand opening so fyi uh you know bring the kids and dress up well that Saturday the thirtieth, I do have plans. So, um, someone's fortieth birthday party, because that's how old we are now. But uh, <laughs> so I said I would already go to that. It's for Brad's. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, you mentioned that. But anyways, so for mentioning for the fr- story, maybe Friday too. we could you could do it. All right, bring the kids and stuff. We'll cut a ribbon. So any other? Yeah, that's about uh all, man. I don't remember any other. I probably played a few commander games since then, but uh, yeah, other than that, I don't. Have much for magic wise. Well, we you know we go right into comic books, and I think I mentioned uh, you know I I got my haul, you got your haul. We'll talk about that. My haul is bigger than your haul. Luke was all excited. He you know, and I have to give you props because you weren't ever collecting comics till you know recently. So now you had your you know had a forty dollar haul. Uh, what did you what did you all have in there? I do you you're going to talk about some, but would you all uh, yeah, pick no, up actually, the other day? I put it on our Instagram page too, but I got the two new. Uh, War of the Bounty Hunters. I got the newest uh, X-Men, which is actually out now, the newer one, so I have to go get that one. I'm actually going up to the office today, so I'll probably pick that up. And then I got uh, My Little Pony and Transformer crossover. That's probably wow. you know a big splash in the comic book world right now. <laughs> which issue one, I got it for my daughter. Yeah, She uh, actually daughter. read it all in one sitting. She thought it was good. So, And then I got the new... It must be like the kids' version of Spider-Man, um, number five for my son. Nice, nice. He was kind of upset because he wanted uh, Transformers. So, <laughs> even though he's the biggest Spider-Man fan I know. So, anyways. man, I got lots of Spider-Man and Transformers here. I just found some Transformers. So, uh, oh, my- also, oh, also, good. I got caught, or I got some back issues of the Magic: The Gathering. So now I'm only need one and two, so then I can start that series. So. Yeah, and actually, the guys from Granite City, they were at a uh, con in Sioux Falls, and he said he was going to look for some those two back issues for me. So, yeah, that's a cool thing about, got those. about Granite City Comics uh, in St. Cloud. You know, we're in Minnesota, but uh, he's done that for me, too. Whenever I've missed, uh, you know, I call in and I'm like, man, I missed uh, issue one of so and so for image. He'll uh, he'll go and find it for me whenever he goes to a show. But uh yeah, my full list was, 
I gave Luke crap because, you know, he told me about his $40 pull list and I had just called and ordered my pull list. They, they send it to me because I don't I don't go. Uh, it's about 45 minutes, probably an hour away, actually. Uh, but this, so they mailed to me. I got Undiscovered Country, 14 and 15. Oblivion Song is already up to 33. So, Luke, you got a, a ways to go. Yeah, I got, I'm only on, I think, uh, you gave me, out what, up to 16? So I had yeah. right up to 12. And I think you gave me... 13, 14, and six, 15, 16. Yeah, and I just picked up uh, 33 came in my haul here. Uh, Ordinary Gods, I haven't even started that. A lot of image again. I'm not milk toast like Luke, so mine are usually Boom Studios image. Uh, so Ordinary Gods, Seven Secrets. I got uh, 11 and 12. One I'm going to talk about, Skybound X. I got the first three issues. I also got Magic 5 and 6, so... I think, uh, as I mentioned, if it's not the next episode, the one after, we are going to review Magic 1 to 6, because I'll either give you my first two unless the the guys come through for you and you have them. I got uh, Deep Beyond 7 and 8. I got Chu. uh, Geez, they're the same. 7, 8, 6, 7, 8. Uh, Another one I'm I'm, I'm actually trying to have uh, Darcy read. Uh, the Walking Dead, it's the deluxe issues, so they're actually in color, because we watched it, and it is true, man, you read these comics, and the Walking Dead comic was, I mean, the best comic I've ever read, you know, front to back, uh, just the comic itself versus the show, so I'm trying to get her to read that, but I got a bunch of those, because I think those come out, like, I don't know, if it's weekly or uh, bi-monthly, because it's already up to, like, issue 24 or 25. Um, I got them, we only find them when they're dead, which... Shout out to AJ that he needs to uh, get reading because this is episode, uh, issue eight. We got the scumbag issue nine and ten. And man, I don't know. Those, the covers and things of this are just crazy. Uh, if I can get it in Luke's view, at least for the listeners, maybe Luke can describe. Uh, you see her? They just have it some- looks like uh, most uh, most people would know Mojo. Remember Mojo from the X-Men? He was a bad guy. I do. But I know the name. I can't picture what he looks like. But it's just, just a big. He looks like a Jabba, Jabba the Hut uh, kind of fat green alien well, guy. So that's who the girl on there looked like. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just a crazy cover, and there, it's every cover looks like that. I mean, this one he's got his zipper down for some reason. He's just a. I talked about that one a little bit, but anyways, that just caught my attention. Deep Beyond, uh, Chew, Once in Future, Commander in Crisis. So yeah, I had a huge pull list and. Uh, what I'll start talking about what I read is something's killing the children. I don't need to go too much into because I've talked about it. I read the first trade paperback. Now I'm on to the second. I read like the first three. I think this has five or six issues in it. And uh, so we had uh, Erica Slaughter came to this town in, I think it's Wisconsin. And these, if you believe, when kids believe in monsters, you know, they are real and they can see them and they're killing kids left and right. And these, and just, and, Nobody knows why. They're like, is it a bear attack? Because adults can't see it. Uh, but then there's this group called the House of Slaughter, and Erica Slaughter is part of that. We don't know much about it, but this in this second trade paperback, you start getting into seeing a little bit of the House of Slaughter. Uh, they're this group, again, that goes around and apparently takes care of these monsters, and I think there's a lot more. It's actually, Boom Studios has the House of Slaughter kind of uh, uh, you know issues starting to come out later this month. I actually ordered them put them on my pull list so I can you start to learn a little bit more in there about the house of slaughter. So here it's uh, Erica had taken care of this monster thinking that was it. Well, she found out it was a nest. So now we got a, a bunch of them. Then uh, 
she's pretty ticked because uh, lots of kids died. Uh, I think one only was saved, but she, had, you know, she'll probably never be normal again. But she's going after these babies and she's trying to to take them out. Well, uh, this is when somebody else from the House of Slaughter shows up because he's going to clean up her mess she's created. She's trying to kill these shadows because she's so mad. And he said, you know, why aren't they dying? Like quizzing her pretty much. And it's because they're shadows and she's just angry. So they have to they have to use the, these things can only be killed, I believe, when they're eating or they've just ate. So they have to he, his his process. And this is just what they do to save more people is we need to use these kids as bait. So they want to use the live kids that survived as bait. She doesn't want to. And so, I'm, you know, I'm assuming it's not going to work out uh, well for him. But uh, so that's where I'm at. They should probably call in Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. yeah Sergeant. <laughs> he would yeah. he would clean Close line. those things. Yeah, clothesline and throw him out of the ring. But uh, yeah. yeah. I don't even remember. What was his, his what was his special move, his finisher? Do you remember? No, I I, I get them all mixed up. But we me and my son Wyatt have talked about this. The, the old finishers are just so talk about milk toast. I mean, you got all Hogan's leg drop. Yeah, a leg drop. Now they're doing like, you know, 720 flips. You know, and then they still kick out. And uh, used to be yeah. a, uh, Ultimate Warrior, the sled, you know, press just lifts him up in the air. Uh, and then he would do like a body. He would jump on him, just land on him, and then pin him. Like, yeah. Uh, and one of them would do like an elbow to the top of the head, you know, or something. And that might have been slaughter. That's what I was the elbow wondering. To the head. But then uh, you had the Iron Sheik. But, anyways, yeah. So this, I really like Something's Killing the Children. And uh, I'm looking forward to the House of Slaughter coming out from Boom Studios here soon. So. What's up for you first? Rob, I'll go over the X-Men number three. So this is a monthly issue, so it's actually a lot easier to like keep up with because, I don't know, some must cut, some come out weekly, right? That just seems like a lot of money and a lot of uh, time. But I think anyways, this one's monthly. So it starts off with the high evolutionary, whose name is also Herbert Wyndham. But he's flying in from, I don't remember where he's from, but he's essentially an alien. And he's caught wind that the X-Men have uh, terraformed Mars. So he wants to come, like, congratulate them and give them a gift. And oddly enough, his gift is a virus to wipe out the humans. So Too soon. Yeah, Too I soon, know, bro. Exactly. It's in bad taste by Marvel, I will say. <laughs> yeah. This is, these are the issues. The first two issues are where Cordyceps Jones is run, running that gambling ring or whatever that they're betting on wiping out life on Earth, which I, I didn't really get the link between Cordyceps Jones and this high evolutionary. But maybe they're I think what they were kind of saying is it was those annihilation ways were blowbacks for them, for Aroka, you know, for terraforming Mars, essentially. But so yeah, that virus would essentially sterilize all humans and then they would slowly die off. But they do bring up like all oh, the humans are burning themselves anyway. Anyways. Do you get shots too? Do they get shots for that virus? Yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully. like here's a booster shot. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, and apparently Rogue has been. This was in another series, I think Avengers one. I don't remember the exact uh, run she was in with uh, High Evolutionary, but he at some point captured her and experimented on her, and I think he did like some you know enhancements on her or whatever. Rogue was pissed when she saw him and he was like talking and mid sentence, she just went up and smacked him. And, you know, Rogue's quite the quite the strong mutant. So and he goes flying and she's like, luckily, he can take a beating. So then like all of a sudden, the, all the X-Men join in. 
he calls in his daughter luminous who has the abilities of uh quicksilver and scarlet witch so she's like fighting with jean gray and then the evolu the evolutionary guard i think they're called which is like mutated elephants mutated sharks mutated octopus i think was in there so and then they all start fighting the x-men and to kind of end it sync synced up with uh luminous so he got hit her powers and that kind of caught the high evolutionary's attention because i you know I, he's thinking these are just you know weak little mutants but that kind of caught his attention and he's like we can stop this all i just need one drop of blood from sync who knows what he wants to use it for but anyways they complied gave him the blood and then uh that was the end of that like little tussle so do you actually do you get one of those like uh you know like when Somebody's doing like a criminal case and they have like the board and then they got like all the red strings going between the pictures. Do you do that with these some of these Marvel comics? Do you know who all these names are? Because you name a lot of names. <laughs> well, I haven't even gotten to the bad guys yet. <laughs> you know, Dr. Stasis and Fei Long. But I think you brought this up last time. I was trying to explain this comic book. Yeah, there's Remember so many the, names. The Charlie, the Charlie Day meme where he's smoking a cigarette and there's all those like... uh wires attached to or what what they use yarn yeah to attach to all the photos i probably should do that because yeah that's a lot of names i'm trying to follow and uh i think i would just get more confused by just so many different heroes i need to remember yeah so anyways at the end of this uh issue dr stasis who if you kind of remember he's the one that's been like experimenting on with on mutants to try and mutate them even to the next level he gives uh that ben urich the autopsy of Cyclops, who Ben Yerick saw, you know, in the first issue was talking to him in their tree fort, the new X mansion, but it's the, they live in a tree fort. So then Ben Yerick is looking at this autopsy of Cyclops, like kind of what happened. So Ben Yerick is probably going to break this to the public. And then I'm guessing the X-Men are going to be kind of vilified. Man, the Magneto should come out of somewhere now. And cause you know, he's all, uh, all about that. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens, but... All right, and uh, I, I just had... Oh, what... So you made me think of this question. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there, and so I'm probably going to cut you on the spot, but what's your favorite doctor? Because you said Dr. Stasis, Dr. Strange, Dr... Dr. Fate. Dr. Phil. I mean, so, <laughs> so what's your... You know, do you have a... I like... So mine would probably be Hugo Strange, because I'm not as big of a Marvel guy, and I like the cast of... Uh, Batman villain, so I'm thinking Hugo Strange, Doctor Hugo Strange. You have a favorite well, doctor? It, is Professor X a doctor? That's what I was gonna say. Not? Once I said it just now, I'm like, oh, you're probably gonna say Professor X. I assume he's a, he has a doctorate of something. Hopefully, or did he even have to go to college because he's a mutant and he just knows everything? And he just puts that into everyone's mind, like that he's super smart, so he can you know telepathically manipulate their brain. I don't know. <laughs> so that's your answer? Yeah, I would say probably Doctor Strange is probably up there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Who I got right this time, and he is through Marvel. Because <laughs> Tyler would make fun of me for messing that up again, so. So that was uh, X, any more on that X-Man? Otherwise, I'll go on to... No, that was about it. All right, so I'm going to do my little thing here, because this is a new one. I'm going to read the little blurb on uh, Space Man, so... This is, While you uh, do that, I'm going to go grab a coffee. All right, I got Spaceman. Don't pretend you're talking to me. I will pretend I'm talking to you. 
you don't worry about that. It doesn't take much for me to pretend I'm talking to somebody. I do it daily. So, Space Man by it's uh, Brian Azzarello. This is uh, Vertigo. Uh, and this one is, is it's set in a post-apocalyptic near future. And it tells the story of Orson, a hulking, lonely man who is genetically engineered by NASA to, s- to sustain long-term space flight. Flashbacks show Orson and other engineered participants of the project living and working on Mars. After NASA shuts down, however, Orson lives alone on Earth, salvaging scrap metal for a living. That is until he finds himself at the center of a celebrity child kidnapping case. So, it's just the most random uh, kind of main point of the story of this eight it's an eight issue series so this uh he's kind of like almost like a a big ape man is almost what he looks like but nasa genetically engineered them so they could live on mars and uh you know they're doing these projects they have like this this base set up there and they're doing different things so that's part of it and so that's kind of flashbacks um and then today though when nasa after nasa shuts down he he just he's out on this boat and he goes out and collects scrap and to to really make money he decides he needs to go out into the farther reaches of the ocean to uh find these uh, better scraps the uh, scrap metal so he uh when, when he's out there all of a sudden you know collecting his scraps all of a sudden uh he sees these uh there's shooting in the background and an explosion and he ends up going over there and there's there's one person alive he's got their like guts hanging out of him and and uh, well, so I got to skip back a little on the radio as he's uh, in town. And this is in the today. There's a little story on the like on the radio or TV somewhere just talking about this, this kidnapping of this girl. And uh, she's like a reality TV star in this world. Anyway, so on this boat is uh, the kidnappers. Well, they ended up kind of turning on each other and uh, and that he finds this girl. And uh, so then. Again, the issue two, there's more flashbacks. Uh, so we learn a little bit more about this guy and a little bit about this world. And um, and then on this boat, uh, there's one of these, there was like three or four kidnappers. Well, they were, you know, trying to make some money. He uh, uh, he tries to, he takes out his other comrades because he wants all the money for himself. He ends up getting shot in the process. That's why his guts are hanging out. He's trying to get this uh, Orson, who's the the main character, over to his side, saying, you know, what will split the money. And uh, Orson, even though he's not the smartest, uh, acts like he's kind of going along with it. And uh, he has this little vial that he was given of uh, uh, this stuff from this guy that's supposed to, uh, I don't know if it's like a drug or what it is, but he was told to not take a lot of it. So uh, this guy's in a bunch of pain, so he gives it uh, to this bad guy, saying this will help with your pain. Well. The guy takes all of it, and uh, that was his his goal in the end because it kills him. Uh, and then it kind of ends with more people though coming after this girl. Um, so it's it's just really random. This huge spacing or space Hulk guy who goes up into space, or he's a big like again ape guy, and all of a sudden he's part of this celebrity kidnapping case. So, anyways, it was it was super entertaining through the first two issues, and uh, hopefully I have the rest because I just pulled these out of my my bins at the comic store. So I had the first two and I know I've got some others. So, uh, yeah, so that's Spaceman by Vertigo. And, uh, just because I had a couple more than Luke, I'm going to just talk about one quick one. Cause, uh, I pulled out nameless. Uh, this is another image. This is back in 2015, Grant Morrison. Uh, and, uh, this one is uh, again, nameless. An astronomer kills his family, then himself leaving a cryptic warning. A veiled lady hunts her victims through human nightmares. 
an occult hustler known only as Nameless is recruited by a consortium of, consortium of billionaire futurists for a desperate mission, and the malevolent asteroid Zibalba spins closer on a collision course with Earth, but nothing is what it seems. A terrifying human, inhuman experiment is about to begin. Abandon all hope and experience ultimate horror Nameless. So I saw it in my, you know, my bins here at the store. I'd heard of it, and uh, so I started reading it. And it is a, I mean, just from that little blurb about what it's about, it is, it's just, uh, it's just out there. It's, uh, I had to read pages a couple times to understand what was going on because it's this occult guy who is able to go into dreams and he's trying to steal this key. But because he's in dreams, it's just random stuff, random words uh, that it just really confused me. It's very trippy, but uh, it starts out, uh, as it mentioned in the little blurb. We see this, like, uh, uh, what's that called? Uh, with a big telescope and all that. It's an observatory. And uh, first there's this door with this sign on it that is on the page. And then there's goes towards this observatory. And then there's a you can see somebody's legs hanging and he killed his family. And then there's these weird uh, frog creatures. And then on the next page, there's uh, some people sitting down having a nice meal. And then these weird lizard-looking things with knives and hammers coming at them and then blood all over in the, the next scene and this guy getting taken out like he killed these things. So all these crazy things are happening on Earth. And then this guy is in this dream trying to get this uh, key and there's like fish people and this veiled lady who's like the queen or whatever of this this dream world that's after him. And uh, he gets the key. And uh, then when all of a sudden he uh, gets back to, to Earth or, you know, wherever we are in the in today, uh, he he gets uh, saved and ends up being by this uh, tech guy because uh, he says the space scientist computer guy and is on this drone as this guy's talking to him and he's told about Zibalba and this huge asteroid that's going to destroy Earth and they need this guy to help and he needs to go into space uh, to help and he doesn't understand why because he's like this occult master and how is he going to help but that's kind of how the first issue ends is uh, we see this huge asteroid and this guy's suiting up and uh, apparently he's going to try and help because this asteroid is going to hit Earth in like 30 days. And obviously a lot more crazy stuff's going to happen. But that's one I'm going to have to read two or three times before I really understand what the heck just happened in that issue. So that was nameless. That's how all comic books are for me. <laughs> that's nameless. <laughs> just reading in general. That, well, and so I mentioned this to somebody at the store that I had read. I just had got done reading and somebody had walked in and, uh, it, you know, they read comic books and they're like, yeah, that's Grant Morrison. He just has some really out there comics. Uh, so I definitely am going to reread that. And I believe I have issue two here. So I'm at least going to read issue two. But sometimes that also is what gets me to stop comics as I read it. And I'm like, I don't know what the heck I just read. And you know, I just I get read an issue or two, and if if it's hard to follow, and then I'm just like, all right, I'm over it. So yeah, this was good. I'm just hoping I can, uh, you know, I'm guessing issue two, it all starts to you know bring it together. But yeah, it was a, it's good but very out there. So that was nameless. Uh, you you read some Star Wars? Yep, some more milk toast. This would be the toast of the milk toast. Marvel's the milk, I would say, and uh, Star Wars: War of the Bounty Hunters. So issue number three is the Crimson Blade, and it starts off with Vader, very first page, claiming Han Solo in Carbonite. So if you remember in issue two, I believe it was, 
they had just bit, you know, they just auctioned off Han in Carbonite and the Huts, job of the Hut, they were like, the Huts were bid, having a bidding war against them and Jabba ended up willing, winning with one million credits. I'm surprised Pizza Hut, they got some cash. Yeah, they do. <laughs> now they're kind of, they're, I wish there was more Pizza yeah, Huts true, around here because there isn't. Good any, deep dish. Anyways, especially the sit down ones. Anyway, side note. So Jabba the Hut's kind of like, oh no, Vader, I need, I bid on this fair and square. We've been such good allies with the Empire and Vader didn't have any of it, so... And this is while the Rebels, it's uh, Leia, Chewie, and uh, Lando, they were there to get Han too, and so, so was Boba. So it was the Huts, Vader, Rebels, and uh, Boba Fett all fighting over Han and Carbonite. Did you practice? Because you, you're, you're saying it correctly, Han. Han, yeah, I know, I always say Han. Yeah. For whatever reason. Good job. I just caught, you know. That's why we re-recorded. <laughs> Chewie and Boba Fett are fighting off in the corner while Vader and the Huts are arguing over it. Well, they're not really arguing. Vader's just like, I'm taking this. Like, can't do anything about it. And then that's when uh, Kira comes in. You know, she's the leader of Crimson Dawn. And uh, she's like, that's well and fine, but, you know, we're still owed the one million credits. And she uh, kind of questions the Empire's cheapness slash, like, paying their debts so that pissed vader off and they start fighting who kira is apparently trained in what's that there's a there's a martial art that's trained to fight jedis i forgot what it was called not taekwondo like tessra tessra tessa kessa or something i don't remember what it is but let me look it up real quick while you're doing that i just got to be honest i when you talk about Vader, I can only think about Big Daddy Vader from back in the old WWF. No, Big Van Vader. Well, he also went by Big Daddy Vader. Did he? Yeah. That was Big Daddy Cool for Diesel. Looking at it right now, man. But yeah, it is Big Van Vader. But yeah, Big Daddy at, at one point. And uh, at, the, at least that's what I had in my head. But I didn't know this. This is the cool fun fact. He was drafted in 1978 in the third round, uh, pick 80 in the NFL draft. Yeah, I think I remember that he was, uh, yeah, in the NFL. Yeah, that's but, very random. Drafted anyway. But that's what I picture so, yeah, when called. I hear Vader. So Kira is uh, trained in Teras Kasi. I don't know. I probably butchered that. So we're going to get some Star Wars fans uh, after us now. Anyways, Kira starts fighting Vader. She thinks she can fight him well, but she gets dominated pretty much <laughs> after he uses the force choke on her. The force choke. Um, his finisher. Yeah. His, he drops the leg drop. <laughs> he is old school. But, uh, so then basically Vader is trying to coax uh, Skywalker to come fight because that's, you know, who he's, he's been trying to get. But then Luke takes off in his X-Wing. He's actually flying around at the time. And then Vader senses it and he calls Vader's bluff and takes off. So then Vader takes off too, you know, leaving Han there and the Imperial shuttle takes it up to up to the Star Destroyer. And then that goes into issue number four. So issue number four is Attack at Dawn. Vader actually hasn't taken off yet to go fight Luke. This is where he's trying to call Luke's bluff. And then Luke takes off in his X-Wing. Vader takes off after him. So then this is when the Huts really start arguing with each other. I think Boku or Baku is one of the Huts. And he's super pissed at Jabba. 
this will not stand essentially. Jabba just takes off, but Boku, Baku is uh, determined to do something. So, and then uh, in the middle of this issue is where, so you know, Boba Fett still has a big bounty on his head, but uh, Dengar, the Demolisher, and Valance are after him. So, and they kind of teamed up to split the bounty on Boba Fett, but Boba Fett obviously gets out of there. He essentially sends Dengar off on, like, I think a piece of floating ice, and he can't get back. So then it's just Valance. And they end up teaming up, and they get into... They go into Boba Fett's ship, which... Another reason Star Wars fans are going to get pissed at us is I forget what Boba Fett's ship name is, but I think it's a pretty popular one. Man, again, there's Not so as many names. the Millennium Falcon, but... Anyways, Valance, who is a cyborg slash human, I think, but is he's been friends with Han for a while... They take off after that Imperial ship that's taken Han up to the Star Destroyer, so they want to get to the Imperial shuttle before it gets to the Star Destroyer. And all while this is going on, Vader's chasing Luke through outer space somewhere. So, uh, I was just Googling. It says, uh, in a press release that revealed Paolo Vlanelli's Bounty Hunter ship blueprint variant covers for the opening War of the Bounty Hunters comic event has seemingly been revealed that Boba Fett's ship name has been changed from Slave to Fire Spray. Is that right? It, so it used to be called Slave? Yeah. Slave 1 or something. Look, Slave 1. The, the, the PC police came after him, I guess. <laughs> so, anyways... There, uh, the Rebels are chasing that Imperial shuttle as well with Han and Carbonite. And they send uh, some sort of a signal that shuts down that Imperial shuttle. And then Boba Fett and Valance in, his sh- in Boba's ship, they send something to shut down the Millennium Falcon. Because that's what the Rebels are in. The shuttle is shut down and then the Falcon shut down and Boba Fett you know, can go to the Imperial shuttle now to get it. But then... This is where it gets interesting. So, you know, that Boku Baku, the hut uh, was saying like this will not stand. They get there. And there's probably a couple dozen ships of the huts surrounding the the Imperial shuttle and the Star Destroyer. So and then so Baku at the end says, now the Empire will learn why you never insult a hut. That's the last page. He's a big worm looking guy, huh? Yeah, there's apparently there's a ton of huts. I didn't. I knew there was at least one other one. There was like a female in one of the one of the movies. I don't remember which one, or maybe even the Christmas special that was terrible for Star Wars. But, anyways, I'm curious what uh, happens next. Thanks, thanks. Well, my last one is actually like four comics in one. So this is Skybound X, and it's uh, well. I'm just gonna read the little blurb it's uh so it's skybound's 10 year anniversary uh what skybound is an imprint of image it's uh walking dead robert you know kirkman pretty well known uh and it's a big imprint for them but it's uh it's a celebrated sensational 10 years of skybound with the cavalcade of your favorite creators and all new stories of your favorite series past present and future each issue of this oversized weekly series will kick off the new chapter of a serialized the Walking Dead story, Rick Grimes 2000 by Robert Kirkman and Ryan Otley. In addition, they're going to have all new debuting all new series and characters every issue, starting with the first appearance of uh, Clementine, who was uh, like a, a star from the, the Telltales, The Walking Dead video games, which 
maybe we'll have to talk about that a little bit. That was a, an awesome video game. And so Clementine has her story in here. And in this first issue, we also have Ultra Mega, which is also a Skybound or Image comic. I haven't read that one. And then uh, Manifest Destiny, which I have read, which is about Lewis and Clark and, you know, going on their, their journey, but they're running into these monsters. Um, but uh, anyway, so what it is, it's kind of cool. They're doing, a, a, for the 10-year 10, 10 anniversary, these have, uh, so for example, right on the cover, you got Rick Grimes and Rick Grimes 2000. So there was this this uh, Walking Dead, I don't know if it was a fan thing or, or what exactly it was, but it was called The Walking Dead Alien. It was just kind of like a one-off thing. You could get it on the internet, I believe. I think they printed it eventually, but I bought it online at one point. But so apparently this continues that story. So really, in this, it's like The Walking Dead was uh, created by aliens. So Rick waking up in the first, if you've seen the show and in the comic, he wakes up in the hospital and you know the zombie apocalypse is here. Well, in this case, he's waking up and uh, it, he's in an alien uh, world. He wakes up and he he has, I don't know if it's Invincible, which was another, uh, I mean, there's the Invincible show is on now. That was a pretty epic run, an image in, a, I think, Skybound comic about this. It's a superhero comic, but, I mean, they they probably had it in there. It's it's a superhero comic that's not milk toast, pretty much. <laughs> you know, well, They made a movie about it, right, with Bruce Willis? Yeah, well, Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a movie, but they do have the TV show is now on Amazon or something. You got to watch. Uh, you got to check it out. Invincible. The, it's a comic, a animated oh, Unbreakable. series. Unbreakable. Unbreakable. I, I, say, I don't think Invincible had. <laughs> but that was a comic book too, right? That I'm I don't know. Sure. But so it's uh, Walking Dead, but aliens. And uh, it's super gory. Uh, I mean, uh, it's I guess it's a spoiler, but uh we have Michonne, who's you know has the swords in The Walking Dead, and then we had the uh, the governor, who was one of the big uh, bad guys, and uh, he's working with the aliens. And in this first issue, he comes up behind uh, Michonne. You know, it seems like she's going to be there to save the day, and all of a sudden, he comes up with this weird like because he lost his hand. This thing comes out of it's like like a big pinchers, and it smashes her head, and it's super gory. But uh, and he said you can. He pretty much says he's working with these aliens, and if Rick wants to survive, he needs to, you know, to join them, the alien overlords. But it, uh, what I was saying about Invincible, I kind of skipped that. Is when he wakes up in the hospital, there's you know he's like, what the heck's going on? And there's this uniform, and he puts it on, and he looks like a superhero. He reminded me of Invincible from Image, and uh, the him and the governor start fighting, and the governor you know looks like a superhero and. Uh, Lori, who was Rick's husband, shows up and uh, she's pretty much telling him, "These you got to join these aliens because it's going to be bad. Anyways, so there's short stories. So that's the first one. And that continues in, I don't know if there's 10 of these since it's a you know 10-year anniversary. But so the first story was Rick Grimes 2000. Uh, really cool. So I'm looking forward to that. Then uh, the next one in here was Ultra Mega. I don't know a lot about it, uh, but it's another superhero story. It's a, just if people want to check out Ultra Mega, again, a Skybounder image. The cosmic plague has spread, transforming everyday people into violent, monstrous kaiju. Once the Ultra Mega, three individuals imbued with incredible powers, held the line against the madness, but they lost their lives in an epic battle against the kaiju prince, leaving behind a ruined city in need of heroes. So, uh, yeah, so I don't know a lot about Ultra Mega, but so this seems like it's maybe uh, maybe like a little prequel uh, to, the, to the actual series. Um, but uh, so this... Again, this is, uh, I think they're introducing new characters. So this is an older comic again, and they're just, you know, 
they're throwing it out there for the fans. They're doing this kind of special little thing. So that's Ultra Mega. I don't know a lot about it, so you'll have to check that out. The next one uh, is Manifest Destiny, which I, I did read the first maybe 20 issues. Uh, I'll probably end up rereading them because it's still going. But uh, that's about Lewis and Clark, you know, on their journey west, and they're running into these, you know, crazy monsters. Um, you know, they're uh, like, you know, monsters of lore pretty much. And uh, as they head west, this is about uh, Fezra, uh, Fezron. Uh, but so that in the, the kind of the thing for the Manifest Destiny, in 1804, Captain Merriweather Lewis and Second Lieutenant William Clark set out on an expedition to explore the uncharted, uncharted American frontier and found monsters lurking in the wild. This is a story of one of those monsters before he crossed paths with that pair of white devils. This is this is Bird, who is pretty funny in the Manifest Destiny theories. And uh, there's, they have to do this sacrifice to this Vemeter, it's called, I believe. And uh, they're like, which which one of you, this king is saying, this king of these birds, and he's saying, you know, there's these bad ones, this, this one is so terrible, this other one's a killer, a thief, and then they have Dahog, who's the one that was in Manifest Destiny, and uh, he's just, uh, I think he was hooking up with some of the, the king birds' uh, flock, and he didn't like that. So anyways, uh, some eggs are stolen, the king's eggs are stolen, and so he doesn't get killed or sacrificed, he says, I'll go retrieve those eggs, and so he goes out searching for him, and um, uh, it's just, this one's just super goofy. He ends up falling and smashing this raccoon when he's, uh, like, thrown somehow by something, and he comes back wearing this raccoon suit, and it doesn't even look, you know, you can see it, Luke, here, but it's, I don't explain it, but he's, it's the bird, obviously, inside this raccoon, and it's so obvious, but, you know, he comes back, and they don't believe, you know, they believe him that he's this raccoon, and, um, Anyway, anyways, he ends up, uh, he smashed the eggs. I don't know. I ruined the story for everyone, but it's a funny story in this Skybound X. It's uh, another one that's in the world of Manifest Destiny. So they're just, you know, doing stories of a funny character from it. And then finally, Clementine. And this one is really cool because it's going to keep going next year. So this is again in The Walking Dead. Uh, the Walking Ted, uh, De Dead had the Telltale games. I think it's on PS4. I had it on 3DS, I believe, or the Vita. But uh, awesome uh, game. I think there's three parts, I believe, and it's it's really not like a like an open world game. It's like a story game done really well. And Telltale, I think that's kind of their thing. They have other series, but from The Walking Dead, one of the the characters that came out of that, the Telltale, was Clementine, this little girl, and she's grown up through this whole game. And now there's the they're doing a, a series in the Skybound X that's going to lead into a new Skybound, it has a different name, it's in here, I can't recall, but it's going to be an imprint for young adults, and they're going to do three books in that young adult imprint um, following Clementine, and that starts in like June of 2022. This is just kind of the precursor to that. So, really cool uh, thing that they're doing, you know, introducing new characters and series that are continue going, you know, looking at stuff in the world of some of the Skybound comics. So this one had uh, four different ones. Uh, and then I have the next two issues as well that go into some other Skybound, like I think it's Birthright um, and uh, anyway, some other image series. So it's a cool thing they're doing, introducing new series that'll, come, you know, expand from this. And uh, so that's Skybound X from Image. All right. So enough of, enough of us uh, boring reading. Let's get into some uh, some games, some TV, what we've been watching. But uh, before that, this is actually 
a couple days later because we ran out of time. Luke had some work to do the other day. And so now we're recording kind of this section of the podcast. And right after, or soon that day after, I had noticed that uh, uh, Luke and I are big hockey fans. We're from Minnesota, you know, as we've uh, probably mentioned a few times. And uh, so our alma maters happen to be St. Cloud State and Minnesota State Mankato, which are number one and two in the rankings in uh, college hockey. In the nation. In the nation. And the funny thing is, you know, I suppose some of uh, the people that are here for the games and the comic books, they're going to be like, stop talking about sports. But uh, so the other day I saw a list and it was the top 100 uh, college hockey players uh, for this year. And so, you know, of course, my most hated team is the Gophers in hockey. Just, be, you know, that's just Minnesota how it was. Gophers. Yeah. So they had like eight players on the list. Michigan had the top three and like five or six of the top, like seven or eight players in the country, including the top three. Uh, Mankato and St. Cloud, I think, might have had one or two uh, players each in the top 100. And they're ranked number one and two. So. To me, it's just crazy. I mean, that must it must just be the program, or how does that even happen? I mean, I think it's the yeah, our program, St. Cloud's pretty small and Mankato's pretty small, especially compared to Michigan and Minnesota. That you know, they're pretty much powerhouses and they get all the they you know the, all the big recruits. And, and even when you when you go through and look at NHL teams, there's Minnesota kid, you know, players on there. Like any any given NHL team. Like we're just a great farm system for uh, hockey players. Yeah. Anyway, so we, what well, I just, I, you know, I, we've been really good, both teams. So I, you know, I assumed we were good this year, but that was the first I had seen. And then all of a sudden we play this weekend, the second series, number one against number two. So I, I called Luke and I said, uh, one against two, Mankato against St. Cloud. So we made a little bet. So whoever scores or not scores, whoever comes out of the weekend with the most points, they win, and the other owes two packs of magic to the loser. And this is Saturday, so the first game was Friday night, and it just so happened the Minnesota State Mankato Mavericks took it one to zero. So yeah, I didn't get to watch it either. I totally, totally forgot about it. I went and uh, well, I was actually working, and then I went and played some uh, magic. So totally yeah, that's stupid game sports. Not stupid sports. Let's get into important stuff, but uh, not magic because we already talked about that. But video games because you mentioned i think in the intro that you played Fortnite. yeah so last last weekend uh aj and tyler were playing so then i i joined them and they talked me into playing some Fortnite. so i actually played Fortnite finally and uh i was always kind of reluctant just because you know it just seems like a kid game but it's actually pretty fun playing uh you know especially when you get a group of people together and then you just go and go play and shoot people i mean it's pretty fun when you said you were uh lower ranked or something so yeah well so we started off since i was like the lead of the group we started off on my ranking and tyler who i don't know if he's a how good he is at Fortnite, but he's a lot better than me so (laughs) and aj is pretty good too so that probably gave us a good advantage because we ended up winning four four in a row and then we were we were done after that but you played the other game apex legends right i think you guys talked about that yeah, we played that like a month ago, and that was a little harder, but I think we were on a harder level, so I don't know. I kind of like the Fortnite play a little better, so. That's what I was going to ask, because a lot of people compare those two, you know, which one's better. Yeah, I feel like I should say Apex Legends. It seems more like my style of game, but I'll be, uh, I don't know, jump on the bandwagon and say Fortnite. I don't know. So, 
Again, play with, is, your, uh, with uh, your son since, since they're yeah, probably Yeah, plays. <laughs> yeah, he plays. He knows how to play. I've, I've watched him. It's actually pretty fun watching him, but uh, I ended up just falling off a building, and then I'm apparently crawling and watched as a probably 12-year-old just stood in front of me dancing because I couldn't get up off the ground. Is and then they shot me and stole my stuff. Is so. that called T-Bagging? Isn't that something <laughs> that started in like uh, one of the old Call of Duty games? When you <laughs> die, know, they but... go up and start... Uh, Dancing in front of your squatting in front right on your head. It's kind of this yeah. just reminds me of an old movie called Chuck and Buck. Chuck and Buck. <laughs> yeah. But I somehow I don't know. I, I don't need to talk about that anymore. So I didn't play a ton of games, but uh I did send to Luke uh a, well first of all I had, I get game informers, so I'd seen the cover and we we all knew know Luke likes his Marvel, and on the cover was uh, Marvel Midnight Suns, and it, it caught my eye because it says a superheroic RPG from the makers of XCOM. And just because it's what I do, I'm just going to read the quick blurb here. Marvel's Midnight Suns is a new tactical RPG set in the darker side of the Marvel Universe, putting you face-to-face -face against demonic forces of the underworld as you team up with and live among the Midnight Suns, Earth's last line of defense. So, caught my eye is the tactical RPG because I know you like uh you know more at least I think you typically like more action, you know, that uh the bash and I like the, the bash and smash kind of like fast paced. Yeah, yeah, so so just I guess I sent to Luke prior to this the first the announcement trailer that just is the the uh just telling about what you know the the cinematic I guess of the the game. And then there's a really interesting background music. And then I sent him also uh, the uh, gameplay trailer. So, uh, Luke, what are your thoughts about a Marvel tactical RPG? Well, first of all, we can talk about the background music because it's uh, a cover of our favorite band, Metallica. It caught me by surprise when I you know, started hearing it about halfway through. Well, it's, yeah, their most popular song, Enter Sandman. It's not my favorite song. It's a good song, but... Yeah, and then the cover, I didn't, I looked up who, uh, let's see, I forget the artist, but they, I mean, they did a pretty good job. It's got, you know, it's big shoes to fill, uh, trying yeah, to yeah. try to cover one of their songs, so. Yeah, I said you can't fix perfect, but no, I actually, I did actually get a little bit of chills and I was like, oh man, this is pretty cool. You know, actually the, it was a pretty intense, you know, trailer and made me want to, to see slash play. Yeah, and it looked pretty cool, the gameplay with, uh. Well, first of all, yeah, the trailer looked pretty awesome since... Do you know the Midnight Suns? No, and that's what I was going to say. I don't really know... I didn't really know the the main antagonist either that was this, <laughs> the mother of... Looks like she'll be the lead. And I didn't even know her name. She had the two swords, the piercing on the top of her nose. I didn't know what yeah. character that was. I don't know if that's a new one. And it's kind of like maybe what they did for that one of the latest Star Wars game where they just, they put that lead in and it, it was just like a random character they made up. I don't know. Well, I'll, we'll have to look into it more and yeah, it comes we'll out in out March more. of 2022. So. Yep. And then what about the, uh, in the, the gameplay trailer, as I mentioned, you typically like the more fast paced play. Well, this is, you know, tactical. So uh, as you've seen, I believe Wolverine, you know, and it's Wolverine's turn. First of all, there's cards that have different abilities that each character must have, and you can choose, like, dash or flash, whatever. I can't remember them all, but they all have different abilities. 
And then secondly, you have your moves. So, you know, you have only so many moves typically. You either can move so far or you can do certain actions with your turn. It's turn-based. Uh, you know, like Wolverine jumped and uh, attacked and there was that barrel behind and all of a sudden there was an explosion. So you can use your environment uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, on your attacks. What are your thoughts of the tactical RPG gameplay that you saw? Yeah, I mean, it, it looks pretty cool, especially those cards where you can, you know, choose... And I haven't really played many of those tactical RPG games. I remember way back on PlayStation, might have been two, one of the Final Fantasies that was super popular. Yeah. So yeah, what do you remember what Final Fantasy that was that was pretty popular on PlayStation? Well, I know two. there was a Final Fantasy Tactics. It, I don't think it was that one, but anyways, that's like I remember watching my buddies play. I think Will had it. So he and I don't remember who else played it quite a bit, but I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, I mean, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I'm guessing that, that, you know, you have to pick the right card to get the most damage on certain, you know, enemies and stuff and be strategery about it. And I'm guessing as it's since it's an RPG, I'm assuming you level up and I'm assuming those cards then get more powerful or maybe you can even buy or train other abilities. But anyways, there was actually like a five or six page big spread in this Game Informer. So uh, I'll have to give this to you next weekend. Uh, so we'll hopefully know more about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I didn't know the the bad, the main villain. Uh, well, I think we can probably end that part. Uh, let's let's go to so. Uh, besides, so you played Fortnite. We talked about Midnight Suns. I haven't played too much else. Uh, I did see NHL twenty two is coming out in like a week. Well, last night I played uh Five games of NHL 21, so 2021, just because I knew, yeah, 2022 is coming out. So I figured I'd try to get my uh, my competitive ranking over 500 uh, win-loss record, but I, I was, I'm not even close. I'm like 7 and 12. <laughs> but last night, I won two games out of the five I played. So I don't know how I'm so shitty at that game, but it's Are you it's sticking with one player? Well, or did you no, do- not when I play by myself. No, yeah, I suppose would... when you play by yourself. No, I, don't yeah, know. I just, I still switch when I'm just one. But uh, yeah, one game I was, the guy got up 3 nothing right away. And in the second period, he just started dinking around like, oh, I'm going to win so easy. And so he was just being stupid with his stuff. I ended up coming back and scoring four goals in the third period. And it was the most satisfying win ever because <laughs> I'm sure quit. he was just pissed. Although we, you know, like. For compet- the competitive rank, it, it's you start at like 500. And then usually for a win, you get like six six or eight points. I don't know how they decide that. But then when you lose, you get like negative seven. You go down seven points. And, I, and you know, you start at like 500. I'm at like 487 or something. So that tells you how good I am <laughs> at uh, competitive well, NHL. Yeah, I, I'm the same, especially when it comes to NHL. But, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, the question will be, are, are you going to, is that one you actually do purchase every every year? So you're going to get yeah, 22 usually, right away? Yeah, usually when it comes out on sale and it's like 40 bucks, then I get it. So I'm still waiting for Madden because I've been itching to play that. Um, Same here. Yeah, and I want to get a league going again. Yeah. So yeah, that's about it for games, Fortnite and NHL. Um, yeah, I played LBN online. Have you been playing any? I played LBN online a little bit more, uh, but not uh, not too much. Um, more looking into, uh, yeah, to, to some of these other games, I want to get back to playing Madden, uh, and maybe NHL. So yeah, I, 
as you said, uh, we're getting closer to Christmas here. Hopefully there'll be some some deals coming out or Black Friday where I'll probably go pick those up. Yeah, you're going to have a big Black Friday sale at your place? Yeah, they can buy five comics and get one free. They can do that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do have gift cards. Gift cards are uh, on the way. They should be here in the next few days. So I'm going to skip. Uh, well, this is store related, but I guess I'll, it's uh, also magic related because uh, I'd mentioned uh, earlier we had talked about Earthcraft. And uh, one of the latest cards I sold on eBay is uh, one of the vampiric tutors that we had pulled. So that recently sold. So I was just going to mention, though, because I believe uh, if you just go to Prairie, P-R-A-I-R-I-E Hobbies. So H-O-B-B-I-E-S Games on eBay. That's my name. And you can see the cards I have up. I have like nine cards up, including some of my bigger, uh, a couple of the bigger Pokemon. I have the Shadowless Charizard and uh, a Venusaur Shadowless uh, kind of in the base set. Anyways, so did starting we, to put stuff on eBay. Did we end up recording when we opened those packs when you pulled those two Vampiric Tutors? Because that was pretty, pretty uh, comical because... We both got, you know, a bunch of those collector packs of, uh, what was that? I forget what set that those were in. Maybe not uh, Modern Horizons 2, maybe. I didn't pull a single, I maybe got a $5 card, but you pulled both those Vampiric Tutors. Yeah. And one was a foil extended art, I think. So it was yep. like 90 bucks at the time. Yep, that's on then, uh, eBay right now. Yeah, and I don't remember what else he pulled, but you both pulled a bunch of other good ones. Yeah, and, that was funny. It was like everyone, I I had like 15 packs and it seemed like most of them I got something decent. You hit big, yeah. <laughs> but so that's all for games. But I have been as, you know, even in the last episode, you know, we, me and the kids have been just watching some different uh, movies. And even though I'm not, uh, you know, typically a Marvel fan, it just seems that they're on and the kids like them. So we had watched that, uh, the first Spider-Man with, uh, what's Tom his, Holland. Uh, Tom Holland. Yep. And so we'd watch the first one. Now we watch Far From Home, which that's the one where they go on a European vacation and uh, Nick Fury shows up. Uh, and in this one, Iron Man is no longer. Uh, I think this is when we we didn't record where Luke had to tell me it was in Endgame that apparently <laughs> he's gone. But that's pretty new. Spoiler alert. Iron Man dies in Endgame. Yeah. I'm wearing my old school noob shirt, uh, which I got to get those on the website soon but anyway so we have uh uh in this one uh it's mysterio ends up being the villain and at first the kids you know didn't know much about him i don't know much about mysterio uh it's jake gyllenhaal i believe and uh so at first you know we're all like oh he's a pretty cool superhero uh but then it turns out he's uh he's actually a, he's got a uh what do you call it anti-hero i guess or or whatever where he wants to be the next iron man but to do so they have to like even if it causes casualties, he has to look like he saves the world and ends up he has these drones that can make it look like whatever he wants is happening. And he has all these rich people that are uh, that used to work for Iron Man that are on his staff, kind of. And so they're all these super technical people. And uh, anyways, so, yeah, and it's uh, you know, that was pretty good. So that's Spider-Man Far From Home. And I didn't know much about Mysterio. Do you? No much about well, Mysterio. Of course, because I used to watch the 90s uh, Spider-Man cartoon. Come on. <laughs> and I was going to say, you should know that too, because that's one of the greatest uh, cartoons ever. Besides the, the Batman animated series. That's a good one too, along with yeah the X-Men uh, animated series. Those three are probably the best comic book 
adaptations into cartoons. This made me think of uh, somebody also bought Thundercats comic recently. Thundercats. Yeah. See, and when I got Hulu, they have those on uh, that old series on there. And I never really watched because it was like right, you know, it was like early 80s. So, yeah. And we might have even talked about this before. I don't like it was a little before our time, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we also all this mentioned just because it's uh, pretty similar. But also, we watched uh, Venom from 2018, so we can uh, go watch the new one. And this one was a uh, you know kind of the the origin of Venom. Uh, you know, talking about uh, Eddie Brock, and uh, you know he's trying to uh, you know he's an investigative reporter, and uh, but he kind of has a falling out, and you know comes like a a drunk and whatever. And then this. Uh, uh lady who's part of this um so what it is is this big asteroid i guess or whatever it is for those that don't know this this company uh you know takes samples from it and ends up being these you know the alien symbiotes and one of them escapes and uh and so uh venom ends up telling eddie brock you know that if they don't stop this there's going to be you know they're going to destroy the earth and there's going to be millions and and Venom kind of likes Earth, so he wants to stay. So, you know, then they have to to stop, uh, you know, them from lo- allowing all these other, you know, uh, aliens from coming and destroying the world. But it's an origin story of Venom, so I thought it was pretty good, and it makes me want to go see the uh, the new one, Eddie Brock. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, not Eddie Brock. I'm going back one. Uh, what's his name uh, playing? Tom Hardy. Uh, it's Tom pretty Holland, good. Venom. Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah. That's a but have you saw both those or either of those? I, I watched Venom a while ago. Yeah, I don't remember much of it, but it was all right. I mean, the new one actually is so like they're saying it's, you know, one of the, you know, must see movies of the year. But I don't I thought it looked kind of cheesy, but I'll probably watch it once it comes out on a streaming service. I, I was like he's uh, he too is, you know, that antihero, but he's, you know, the, the Venom and uh and Tom Holland, it's just uh, it's funny. It's I mean, they have a good. It's just like a funny chemistry. It adds yeah. humor to it, which I like in those kind of shows. Not yeah. super serious all the time, but uh, that's all I watch. Besides, I'm obviously watching Lucifer. I think I'm on the fifth season, so I got uh, the fifth and sixth season. But that's all I've been watching. Anything uh, on your end? You've been watching? Yeah, I went back in the time machine and uh so with Peacock Premium you can watch all the old WrestleManias. So I've been uh binging some WrestleManias when I'm just doing <clears throat> miscellaneous work around the house. I'll put it on and and there's some classic matches from those uh like WrestleMania 6 to WrestleMania. Well, I'm only on 11 now, but yeah, like that Shawn Michaels Razor Ramon ladder match. If you remember oh, yeah. that one, Bret I love Hart my Razor Ramon Hart in I think WrestleMania 10. Macho Wait, Man versus Ric Flair earlier in like eight, maybe it was. But what year did you go to WrestleMania? So we went to 2003. It was uh, WrestleMania 19. So road that, trip. Like after right? that is when I kind of got out of uh, wrestling. But we th- it was supposed to be Hogan's last WrestleMania. So we drove out to Seattle, Washington, and it was a sweet road trip. And we were way up in the nosebleeds at uh, Safeco Field, but. We saw WrestleMania. What was the main event? I think it was Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle. Oh, nice enough. Like that was, yeah. Brock did a freaking moonsault off the top rope and landed on his head. And I think he like halfway knocked him out because he could barely pin Kurt Angle. So 
You know, Brock Lesnar is uh, you know, from Minnesota. Well, I think he's from like, the Dakota. Dakotas, but he lives, lives in, in Minnesota well, now. Alexandria, Minnesota, which is 30 minutes from me uh, here at the store. And uh, I was realizing I actually have a huge section of wrestling that I uh, action figures and stuff I bought for the kids. And Wyatt brought up the other day, he's like, how come we don't have a Brock Lesnar figure? And I'm like, just thought he actually could come here. <laughs> you know, because it's I'm right on this highway that's super busy that, you know, and we're 30 minutes from Alexandria. So and I'm just thinking, man, what if that would happen and I don't have a Brock Lesnar figure? <laughs> so I might just have to buy one just to at least have have one in the store. Anyways, that's all I've you know, that's all I've watched. Uh, the other thing I'd say is updates, you know, the store wise, you know, I've been uh, putting a lot of stuff online. I've been uh, I have my Innistrad Midnight Hunt is in the in the mail. <laughs> I, if the shipment is coming, so I'll have those by next weekend. So maybe as we talked about the the tournament next weekend, we could maybe use those uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt. Uh, I will have those next week. I'm pre-ordered for the the Innistrad uh, the Vow set. I think that's in November. Yeah, so the store, I've been just adding lots of stuff, trying to find room. I'm get, putting stuff up on you know, on the walls, putting more shelves up, and uh, lots more stuff's in the mail, uh, some puzzles and things. And so that's yeah, been, uh, been been good. And yesterday was busy. I had lots of people buying Pokemon. Um, I almost actually threw my first boxes now of Pokemon. And I'm going to do my, my damnedest to not open. I, uh, there's some boxes I want to open, Luke. It's, it's tough. <laughs> I know. I said wait till wait till next weekend when uh, I'm there. I, know, I might have to open some Pokemon, though, because uh, I just got my shelves cleaned yesterday. So I kind of got to restock. But uh, that's it, uh, I think, for today. This was episode 11. I see Ken across the street uh, waiting to come into the store. So I better uh, better get open here. So. Yeah, this is Matt and Luke, and this was episode 11 of the Hobby Shop Talk podcast, and uh, go play some games. 